Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. All right, welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Noah. And Noah, we've been on a, a kind of a break for a while. Do you want to give a, a little... very long break? Yeah. yeah what's been going on? Um, well, I was up in I was up in college far away for a long time from September on until March. Then we had to come home from for coronavirus and then finish the school year. And now it's July, and we're now we're finally recording a new episode after roughly a year yeah of not doing anything so it's kind of good to be back isn't it yeah it is well our guest today is mark fleming welcome mark thank you thanks for having me on so to introduce myself to to the listeners my name is mark fleming i am the owner and operator of a personal training studio in tampa florida that works with individuals with disabilities uh, I have a master's degree in exercise science, and I'm also an individual with autism. Great. So tell us a little bit about how you got started with your, we can go back to maybe your college, how you kind of got started with the degrees, with what you studied in college. Yeah, so originally I was actually interested in criminal justice, um, but due to um, wanting to be in the FBI and Quantico being in Virginia. I didn't want to spend four years there. So uh, that quickly changed and it took me about three and a half years to kind of settle in on exercise science. And that was due to where my credits were. I took a lot of electives, um, just playing sports. So that translated real well. And once I got into exercise science, I actually uh, exceeded because up until that point, I was, I had a 2-1 um, and I graduated with a 2-6. And that's when I started working with individuals with disabilities as well. I worked with the uh, wheelchair basketball team and going through, um, there was a adaptive physical education class. So that was my first kind of time witnessing adaptive athletics and, and stuff like that, which it really interests me at the time. But most people in exercise science, they're usually there for physical therapy to get their PhD or work with professional athletes. I was more the professional athlete because, I mean, how cool would it be to spend your days with uh, NBA star or NFL star? So that's kind of where my initial thought was. And then I took a year off just to try to figure out what I was going to do. And um, turns out that I wanted to go back for grad school because I found my passion. And so in grad school, I got, got A's and B's. Um, and due to kind of just the issue with scheduling and whatnot, I ended back home in Tampa and needing to write a paper was kind of just stuck in, in, um, in my own way. So I ended up working for a applied behavior analysis company. Um, as a behavior assistant. And that's when I saw that individuals with autism specifically would go through PT and OT with uh, 
muscular deficiencies that I would see also in Special Olympics when they were 30-year-olds um, having the same muscular deficiencies. And with my background, that told me there was a gap. And I was fortunate enough to have sports growing up, but not everybody is as interested in sports as I was. And so um, I kind of did everything I could learn about adapted um, personal training and stuff like that. And then I kind of just uh, filled my car up with equipment and started doing in home. And within a year, I went from um, one or two clients to a full schedule, 40 plus hours driving 15 hours. And so I created, uh, I decided everybody needed to come to me. And so once I did that, I um, determined to, to get a space so that people come to me. So I opened that up a little over a year ago, almost a year and a half ago, and um, just been progressing ever since. This is Isaac back here. That's, that's Noah's brother. Hi, Isaac. Hey, can you say hi to Mark? <laughs> nice to meet you, Isaac. Isaac, Mark lives in Florida. Can you believe that? Far, far away from yeah. here. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's raining here, so it's... It was raining here earlier, too, which mm -hmm. is... He was scheduled to be at the pool tonight, but we had to cancel our respite because it, it rained about an hour and a half ago, and the pool closed, so... Yeah, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> the only bit of, It was the only storm system in the entire state. It's just this little tiny... <laughs> blob and it's right over us go figure yeah yeah that's just how life works sometimes yeah you kind of have to just uh, uh go with the punches you know which isn't easy i kind of had to do that with with all my schooling and, and everything like that so um yeah it's what it is so now do you have one ask mark a question sure so so what's your typical age range for of the clients that you have? Um, right now, my age range is anywhere from, I believe, 12 to about 22. But I've worked with individuals as young as eight and all the way up into mid-50s. So I really don't like to kind of cut off my age range because um, I believe anybody can can benefit from exercise no matter where they are in their journey and that um, you can always improve. It, it's, it's definitely different working with um, different ages, but it's rewarding as well because everybody has their own stories and, and kind of uh, uh, who they are. And, and it's really cool to be able to help so many different people. Yeah, I assume that every, as a physical trainer, each person has a different has different needs to begin with, and then when you work with people on the autism spectrum, each of those persons have their own special needs too. So how how do you go about um, kind of getting started with someone? What, what kind of a evaluation or introductory do you do to kind of understand their needs and, and the, what they could how you could best help them? Yeah, so um, my process, it's pretty simple. I just sit down with uh, the individual, whether it's with their parent or caregiver or, or whoever, um, even if it's just themselves, 
I sit down and I learn everything I can about them. What are their, what are their sensory issues? What causes a meltdown? Every little thing I can, because since I also have autism, um, being able to understand those senses, right? If, if someone says, oh, I can't stand loud trucks. Well, if a loud truck comes by and they're exercising, I'm gonna have to pull back on what we're doing because I understand that they're going to have a little bit of uh, overload in that um, second or minute or however long. And so you really just have to individualize it. You know, you have to sit down and, and get to learn and, and understand the person personally. So it's, 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 some are more interesting and some are take a little more time to, to understand. But once you get to that level, it's, it's really easy um, because they're, they're people in the end, you know, they're just trying to improve their physical well-being just like anybody else. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, so how did you get interested in volunteering for Special Olympics? Well, I'm interested in sports, but um, there wasn't really anything for me to play um, where I was. Since I was working in um, ABAs, uh, there were Special Olympic act activities going on. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go out and, and just volunteer, um, which I was really good at. And then I moved to getting coaching certification. And it actually, um, I'm, I'm proud to say this, that everybody I trained or coached, once they got to that state level, got a goal. And the only time one person didn't was because my other client got a gold and they got a silver. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's, it was a really cool experience. And even though I probably could have played, I felt my, um, my path was in the coaching realm and to helping others um, because it felt selfish of me to play a team sport when I knew what I needed to do you know, and, and I might be playing with people that might not know what to do. And that's, to me, not fair. And Special Olympics is about being fair. Yeah. Yeah, our son Isaac participated in the Special Olympics. And I think the, the event he enjoys most are the Winter Olympics. And he does ice skating. So he likes to do, oh, wow. I, they do ice, they call it speed skating, but it's, they do, um, you know, he doesn't need any support. He can do it, and um, he's really, really good at it too. Really enjoys it, and the his class from school they take um, they take a group of kids from their school, and it's about an hour and a half away from where we live to the to the Winter Olympics, and he enjoys that, and he's also done basketball. Um, he's really good at basketball, but he really struggled with the. He just wants to shoot baskets. Yeah. He didn't really care for the other stuff. It was more just like, I want to shoot, leave me alone. So that was a problem. Um, so we don't do that anymore. And then the track and field, he did okay, but he struggled with the starting gun. Everyone struggled with the starting gun. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of yeah I don't know why they, they do that. that that's counter counterproductive, you know? Yeah. We actually inquired about it, and they said they, they do it because they want the experience to be – as similar as the regular track and field events, which I can understand, but I also 
know that you know this is there should be accommodations or something to help yeah. those athletes so but we so we've had mostly good experience but we've had some that um aren't aren't as great as they could be but for now isaac just sticks with uh, the winter olympics which he really enjoys that's cool being in florida we don't have winter <laughs> olympics so so i have no no clue i i'm horrible at at winter sports i actually tried skiing one time and i ended up um kind of just running someone over because i couldn't stop so right then and there i was like nope no more no more yeah they do uh, like snowshoeing which are basically these you put you strap these things onto your shoe on your shoes and they're just like big they kind of look like tennis rackets on your feet yeah. and you use them to run around and they have that and I think they have some skiing as well but not very steep so it's kind of yeah. cool always is cool yeah to watch sports yeah so what if, uh, what kind of sports did you enjoy or participate in growing up um let's see so in high school I was actually a, a three three sport athlete so I played football soccer and track sport I liked the most was soccer but I also loved football because I was a teenager and had a lot of aggression. So it helped me <laughs> get that aggression out, right? Because I got to hit people. Um, track was just a social event. All my buddies did track. So I just did track and kind of just did my own thing. The coach kind of really didn't care. You know, well, I pretty much just got the, uh, the, the, the parachute out almost every practice, even though she was like, you got to do this first. I'm like, no, I'm just doing the parachute. And I do that like five times. And I'm like, I'm done for today. It was just, it was just for fun. What did you like about soccer the most? Just running around, you know, and, and the, there was still some physicality in it because it's high school. So um, just being able to, to try to figure out the sport and everything. I actually um, started midfield um, my senior year. So um, I was running like an hour a game, you know, like it, I can't believe that I even did that looking back, you know, because uh, you just run and run and run and run and run, you know, no stopping. It's ridiculous. But um, I was always big on if you could put a, a ball in front of me, I go chase it, you know, it, it, one of those weird things, but, um, but it was just kind of, kind of relaxing, you know? Thanks. So you, so you said that you, you have autism. Mm -hmm. um, do you mind t talking a little bit about that? Um, the diagnosis that you, or the realization that you went through growing up with that? Oh Yeah. So I was originally diagnosed with PDD NOS, pervasive de developmental disorder, not otherwise specified. And so that that got me my therapies. That got me OT, PT, speech. Um, those were my main deficits at that time. We moved to Florida when I was about 11 years old. And due to being in the fourth grade, a lot of social things were changing. And I was having a lot of difficulty. So then I got the Asperger's diagnosis at age 11. Up until that point, though, I consider myself pretty popular. So it was a 
it was a massive shock along with the the move and everything so it took me took me about seven years to finally kind of start to accept myself um it wasn't until I was in college and got a puzzle piece tattoo that I finally was like okay I'm gonna gonna try to accept this part of me and and try to to figure out um more about myself and then it took me what was it 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 took me until I was 27 until I found out I had sensory issues um because growing up I didn't like to be around the vacuum cleaner and so I would always just go to my room and my parents thought I was lazy you know because we didn't talk about what was going on you know I thought it no one liked the sound, you know, because um, my sensory issues are more that they're constant and they're not hyperactive or hypoactive. And so I can hear things and I can smell things for a lot longer than most people when they kind of their senses turn off. Right. So um, so it it, it actually fun, funny story of, of how I found out I had sensory issues is that um, I was doing ABA. I was um, kind of interning for the company, and they they had everybody get together at lunch to to eat, right? And so after eating lunch, they would show the kids um, a movie. Well, why, before they were even showing the movie, the the TV was on. While the TV was on, this little girl was just running around, going going crazy, and no one knew what was going on on with her at the time and so I just piped up I'm like does anybody hear the 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 feedback from the tv and they were like no what do you mean I'm like it's super loud and so they turn off the tv and the girl calms down and it's just like wow I didn't know that about myself you know and and that was one of those aha moments that led me to maybe I should be working with this population, you know, because I can catch those things that other people may not. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, did, do you have similar kind of sensory things with sound or smell or? Mm-hmm. More so with sound and stuff, but that's really it per se. Yeah. Um, for me, I know one of the things that actually kind of got my ears going when I was younger is actually like the, I don't know if anyone notices this at all, but like the humming, like the noise when you're like the cars make on like the highway or whatever like that. Like it's like always constantly background noise, but it's like, oh, that's like a constant like G sharp going to like an A or something like that. But on this asphalt, it's like a D or something like that or whatever work your way up that's crazy that. that you can know the, so, the, the music and then, like, and then like depending on what the speed is of the car you can be it just changes due to how that is and that was something that i figured out quite early on in my life but i didn't realize if anyone else like ever noticed it per se but something that's kind of went along with i was like okay i didn't say anything because i didn't know if it was just me or if it was everyone was everyone just assume like oh i hear that that sounds not annoying whatsoever something like that yeah i I remember when noah was pretty young um, he would mention that he could hear 
I think these, his words were, I could hear the electricity running through the walls. And I, I didn't really know what that meant, but it was maybe just the frequency or the hum or the maybe, feedback or something. Maybe, but, I don't remember that. Yeah, so. you were pretty little. But yeah, it's interesting about the road because mm -hmm. I'll hear it sometimes when I'm driving. Yeah. But I don't really pay attention. And it depends on the vehicle too. Like if you're on yeah. a bus or something, you don't, you don't hear that at all. But like, if you're like, I know I've noticed like in the van or the car or whatever like that, like you go on 218, especially like that compared to like, yeah, a country road or like 63 or different surfaces, like right? Yeah. 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 yeah that, it's more that's, uh, that. that's definitely interesting. Um, the, the thing is, is a lot of people with their senses, the neuro, neurotypicals, their senses actually turn off. Um, once the brain says that this sense isn't um, harmful to the brain, it just turns it off. So like why you don't feel your clothes anymore, like at the end of the day is because your brain doesn't need to keep sending that, that relay that, hey, you got a shirt on, you got a shirt on. Well, individuals with autism are a little different because the, the brain doesn't decide that it's not a threat. And so that's where you have that constant or that hyper or even that hypo is that there's a communication difference between um, the sense and the brain. So that that's, and of course, with having autism, you don't talk about it. So you never under, understand mm -hmm. that someone else doesn't hear it that way or feel it that way. And, and so when you come to that realization, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't. I can't believe that no one did like knew this, you know, it, it's like, Oh my gosh, do I have superpowers? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, being able to, to label uh, the humming on the road to, to a musical note, that's a superpower. I, I don't know anybody that can do that. Like you could probably make a CD like this is this note, you know, and, and that'd be really cool. I have a few ideas I'm thinking about doing. <laughs> I know there's a video of, you'll, you'll think this is hilarious. Um, there's a video of my cousin-in-law opening up a gift for Christmas and it's a tire. And I'm thinking about harmonizing that whole thing and putting a bunch of, and like singing all the, like 40 tracks of it and putting it like over the video and replacing the audio with that at some point. The problem is it's really hard because once everyone starts laughing, it's like 15 people at once. And it's like, four is worth of stuff but that's just like a future a future thing that'll probably never happen but now it's like that I've said a side happen, project right yeah that's the, i, I want to see that happen though i want yeah, yeah i'll see what i can do <laughs> down to my ideas yeah there you go so yeah, yeah noah's been blessed with the perfect pitch and he can talk more about it but um i the better like when, when my wife and I sing, I know that it's, it actually causes some physical pain um, from the from being off, off, out of tune, right? Yeah. 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 Well, then I will not sing at all because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about the worst person because monotone voice, um, horrible, horrible pitch, like not good, not good. <laughs> weird how, how there are a lot of individuals with autism that have that perfect pitch and then mm -hmm. there's a lot of them that 
just can't do anything yep. like that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So let's, if we can, maybe we can go back to your, what is it called? Your Is your business called Puzzle Piece Fitness? Is that what it's called? It's called Equally Fit. Equally Fit. Okay. Yeah. So Equally Fit. So a couple of questions for you. You can answer them in either order. What are some of the challenges that you've experienced? And then what are some of the surprises, some unexpected things that have happened um, because of this experience? With the business, I think the biggest challenge is, is obviously communicating, um, being able to be on the same page as the individual with autism and whether it's their caregiver or, or parent because there's such difference in communication that I got to be on, on kind of uh, par with both individuals so that um, nothing gets mixed up and um, everybody's kind of on the same page. That's probably my biggest challenge um, with all that because I'm, I mean, I love fitness, so that stuff's easy. It's a breeze. The communication's the hardest part when dealing with person. Um, and then um, the second part would probably be just advertising and, and whatnot um, is probably my second because that, again, deals with communication and reaching out to people. And that's um, one of my um, kind of drawbacks is I don't like doing that. I was, I was kind of in a, a very motivated mode when, when um, I emailed y'all and, and some other podcasts, but some days I just can't do it. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a, a, a process. And when you're in those days where you're very motivated, you just get it all done. You just got to make sure that it's all done because um, some days are down. The best things, though, that come from it is when a client meets um, a goal. So I had a client that had not knee. Um, if you don't know what not knee is, it's when you walk, your knees tend to hit as you walk down. He, he was about 12 years old and was told that he would need invasive surgery to correct it. The mom reached out to me and it took us about two years, but we got him to a point where he could squat past 90 degrees and his knees were straight. And that stuff is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this person did it, you know? Because it, it takes a long, long time to, to be focused on changing something like that, you know? And, and getting the reports that blood cholesterol's down, blood pressure's down, diabetes is, is getting under control or or all those those measures that you go see a doctor for, those are the those are the big like greatest moments you can have in my profession because the people are getting healthier. It doesn't matter if they still are 20, 30 pounds overweight. It's what's going on inside, you know, what are they feeling? What are the the, the tests like, you know? And and when you change that, you change the person. You know, they become more confident. They talk more. They go out more. They they see more happening in their life, and thus they want to be more a part of life. And that is a reward that's worth everything. 
That's that's pretty cool. I, I'm sure that was it the mom or dad of that client was probably just uh, so happy that they didn't have to, you know, go through that uh, surgery process and they found a different way because uh, that's that's just huge. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Invasive surgery at 12 years old is it's unbelievable. It shouldn't yeah. have to happen. It's, there's another way. And unfortunately, I was able to work with his OT and, and his um, chiropractor to where we all worked within our scope of practice to get him to a point where he was able to, to, to do that. And we got him there right before he got in a, a massive growth spurt too, which if, if he hit the growth spurt, and he still was knocking those knees, who knows what could have happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So very, very fortunate that we were able to, to help him out um, and get him to where he needed to be. Cause now he's, he was like five, four, I think he's over six, two, six, three now, you know, he's massive. I haven't seen him in a year, but it was just, it, it's so rewarding. I mean, because a lot of people give up on these kids, you know, they're just like, well, he got through PT, so it's good enough now, you know, and it's like, no, like their quality of life diminishes if they don't, if they're not active, you know, if you're just having them sit on, on the couch all day. And so it, it, it's really, really rewarding to, to be able to fulfill that need that, that a lot of these individuals um, have. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we, we kind of like to end things with, uh, some advice for the, the listening audience. So what kind of advice would you give people who are interested in doing personal training, like what you're doing with, uh, people on the autism spectrum? The main thing is just have it personal. You know, listen to the individual, understand what their kind of needs are when it comes to working out. Or you can wait about a year and I'll have a, a manual out that everybody can buy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of in the middle of, of writing kind of my version on how to work with individuals with disabilities and stuff like that. The main thing is to keep it personal. Understand who you're working with that there's not a one-size-fits-all model. Yeah. So what advice would you give parents about to – yeah, what advice would you give parents in this situation? I would give parents advice to be patient. Um, things will come when things will come. What a kid or adult um, with disabilities may not be able to do one day, they – could do the next. And then the next day they might not be able to do it again. And then up oh, two days later, they can do it for a week. You know, it, it, it takes time and you got to be kind. You got to understand that your child is doing their absolute best that they can. They're not trying to, to, to be frustrating that they're doing their absolute best in life. And unfortunately they don't understand this life like you do. And that uh, just hearing about it sometimes isn't gonna work enough. And that they may have to 
labor through some hard times. Um, it's not going to be easy. It's definitely not easy watching your kid go through those hard times. I know my parents really wanted to step in quite a bit when I was growing up, but um, knew that I wanted to do everything I could by myself, and they let me do that. And so that's the biggest thing you can do for, for your kid is, is let them be themselves as much as they can. Because at the end of the day, like they're their own person and you have to, to acknowledge that in them. And then, then uh, things just get better, you know? So that, that's my advice for parents. Yeah, that, that's excellent advice. And as a parent, it's easy to want to jump in and, and help. Like you said, it's it's hard to, to see your kids struggle. But and I think what I've learned over the years is to kind of know when to, to step in and when not to. And that just comes with age and experience. Um, so yeah, that that's excellent advice on that. So no, do you have any response to his advice there not really you hit the you hit the nail right right on top so i think i think everything that needed to be said was said and i don't think i can really add to it mark do you have anything else you'd like to leave us with today not really just uh glad that i could come on and if anybody wants to follow our journey at Equally Fit. I'm on Facebook at Equally Fit Tampa, and then on Instagram, Equally Fit, I believe, uh, Florida FL. So just uh, Equally Fit FL. Um, and then, uh, obviously, if you want to check us out at uh, our website, EquallyFit.com, uh, that's a great place to look at that because we're actually a starting ambassador program here where. I am reimbursing individuals with disabilities for their likeness and time so that I can kind of pub the business because um, I believe everybody should be reimbursed for their um, likeness and time, whether they agree to uh, no compensation or not. So um, be on the lookout for that because it's, it's pretty exciting. Cool. We'll, we'll add all those, those links in the show notes so people can see that as well awesome cool all right well i we really appreciate you being on the on the podcast mark best wishes right. to you i really appreciate meeting y'all too and i hope noah i hope you uh continue down your path because it sounds like a really cool path and and i hope uh hopefully coronavirus gets gets a little better so you can go back to school because uh I know when you get to that age, being home can be a little, little difficult at times. So, yep. Um, being away is definitely probably for the better. So. Yep. Yeah, we all agree to that. So. Have a nice night. Thanks for listening.